Johnny, be good. How are you, man? Spinning those dials. Oh yeah, we got the Detroit Lean going. <laughs> we got the Detroit Lean going. Uh, the Black Sedan Band. Uh, my brother is the drummer in that band from Birmingham, Alabama. So, so if you're watching, if you're tuning in, uh, you're noticing that no, Pat King did not get better looking overnight. <laughs> no. He did not get younger. <laughs> Pat King is is on a golf trip in Texas. And uh, filling in or pinch hitting or Wally Pipping, Pat King is the great Robbie Berger. Rob is, is the uh, longtime basketball coach at Mishawaka Marion, very successful basketball coach, uh, has done it his whole life. Uh, he knows athletics. His father is, is the famous and, and just the great Bob Berger, the ex-coach at, at Riley High School. And, and he's, I mean, it's, it's great having you in here, man. Thanks for pinch hitting. Hey, I appreciate it. I think the last time we talked like this, was 1995 when I was on your coach's show down in Anderson, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, that, <laughs> I think you, it was. You were, you're exactly right, Rob. Rob, uh, his first coaching job was an assistant with me at Anderson High School uh, for a couple years, left Anderson, and, and then went down to Florida and, and, and coached at a college down in Florida, right? Rollins University. Yeah, Rollins, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's around the Orlando area. You had to have. I mean, you were young. You were single. You had to have a blast down in Orlando, right? It was great. Yeah, when you're 25 years old, living in Orlando, Florida, in an apartment. Why move back to Mishawaka, Indiana? I'm not really sure why. Yeah, but, you I, know? I, I don't know because you could go to Walt Disney World like every other day, right? Every Sunday we went to Daytona Beach. Did you really? You know, people vacation there. I was doing that every Sunday. Oh, man. I thought I thought we taught you better. I thought a yeah. South Bend guys taught you better. Get you out of the city, go down to Florida, hang out. and uh, Then come back when you're old? Yeah. Is that no, how you come, do it? Well, that's, that's kind of – I mean, it's really kind of – the reverse of how you do it as you get older now you know then you go to florida like maybe january february march but but i still like teaching i'm at mishawaka still rob uh uh, you were the head coach at mishawaka high school for how many years eight years eight years eight years man yep 2000 to 2008 i think you had some really really good teams didn't you yeah we had three really good teams you know one 20 like 17 and 16 you know, we had some good teams. Never could quite get over the hump like they did last year. You know, won the sectional yeah. for the first time since 1986. You know, Bodie did a really good job, but you know, with you know the guys you basically yeah. had. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so um, uh, uh, you left Mishawaka and then then went back to Marion. I spent a couple years in assistant at Riley. With, yeah, with Mark, with Mark Johnson. Johnson, good friend of mine, and then yeah, last 14 years now. You know, back at Marion. Uh, 14 years of Marion, one of, I mean, uh, I mean, just a lot of games, three NBA players. Yeah. That, I mean, talk about your three NBA players for a minute. Well, I mean, obviously it makes you look like you know what you're doing as a coach. you got guys that can play like that. But, you know, Demetrius is the one, and I tell everybody, he's the one that credit for, you know, making Marion what it is today because, you know, Marion kind of struggled through some, you know, rough times there for a few decades. And you get a guy of that caliber, other guys are going to want to follow. And, Devin Canada did follow. So, you know, Demetrius played for the Celtics and the Sixers, and, you know, uh, Devin played for Orlando, and now he's at the G League with the Lakers. And, you know, Jay Nivey's now second team, you know, all rookie last year and, you know, playing for the Detroit Pistons, which I think we're playing a game up there this year. That's amazing. You were telling me about that. You're taking your high school team uh, up to the Pistons arena, playing a game before they play, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be playing. Well, again, tentatively, you know, 
But, you know, they're playing the Bucks, so, you know, Giannis and them will be playing. Oh, we're the man. JV for the Pistons Bucks. Now, trust me, your kids will really, really enjoy that. When I was at Anderson, uh, Morgan Wooten was, was the head coach at DeMatha. He had liver transplant about a month before I did, and, and we corresponded, uh, I mean, a lot. And, and uh, he set up a game where we would play at the Washington Wizards gym in Washington, D.C. The math was, was number one in the country. I think we were number one or number two in the state of Indiana. And, and the money that would be made on that game went towards organ donation awareness. There were like maybe 15,000 people there. Uh, uh, the starting guards uh, uh, for the math were Keith Bogans okay. and, and Joe Forte. Speaking about the Celtics, Joe Forte. Yeah, yeah. you guys beat him, I believe. Yeah, right? no, we no, we beat him. And, and here's the deal with it. And so I got to tell you this, because you're playing on a pro floor, and the pro floor is ten feet longer. Mm-hmm. So in the half court, you get five. I mean, you get five more feet from the half court line to the end line. I never, I never put it together. Well, we went through a stretch. We had those great guards, Eric Bush and Tyson Jones, and 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 Derek Jones, where. If we had the lead, we would go to a four corners and ran a four corner offense. Well, you know, we had five extra feet to operate that yeah. four corners. And as quick as they were, they were almost impossible to guard then. Well, DeMatha came out and guard and, and, and guarded us out there. And once they did that, I mean, Eric and Tyson, uh-huh. a couple guys just drove right around and kicked for layups. But, but I mean, I mean, much to my credit or much to my dismay, I never put that together. I never said, hey, let's get the lead and go to this. Yeah. Uh, And and that would help us. But, I mean, it worked out well. Uh, And and I never knew this until they did an article uh, in in the Anderson paper about this with with Eric and Derek and Tyson and Dwayne Miller and those guys. When the game was tied after three quarters or we had the lead after three quarters, we were 52-0. and No, I didn't. I didn't realize I'm that. Not, yeah. and, and I never did either because of the four corners. Well, do you remember when we beat Cathedral at thirty-six to thirty-five or something? No, Coach Renner was the coach uh, at Cathedral Howard, at the time. Howard Renner and um, um, our Notre Dame coach played on that team. I mean, Micah Shrewsbury played for Cathedral. Did he really? That I didn't game. know that. And Micah huh. Shrewsbury. So, so, so this is the great knowledge of Rob Berger and Ron Hecklinski coaching this Anderson team. We ran a little thing called pink that. That, that when the uh, guard would pass to the forward, we would take the guard man and go trap the forward, and the backside wing would come up and rotate up to the point guard. So I'm calling pink. It's late in the game. Micah Shrewsbury's the point guard. Micah hasn't shot the ball at all that game. So we run a pink. We trap the wing. Our opposite wing never rotates up. And Shrewsbury gets a J, a three-pointer from deep, knocks it down, and now, and now we go down one. And... Uh, we ended up winning that game, and so 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 here is the education uh, to Anderson, Indiana. We win like 36-35. Yeah, yeah. And it's a slugfest, and I'm proud of our guys. You're proud of yeah. our guys because we didn't think we could compete in the slugfest. And, we, and, and we're walking off. Yeah, we off. like to get up and down the court yeah. a little more, yeah. Yeah, and we're walking off, and some of the Anderson fans are booing at us because yeah. it's not an 85-80 to 80 game. Yeah, and I was—I I mean, I was really ticked because I think—and you know this too—when you get a team and and they can survive in a slugfest against another really good team, I mean, you got a chance to be really yeah. good. Yeah, if you can win different ways, you're exactly. in good shape. I mean, if you can beat a team to eighty or a game like that, you know your team's going to be pretty good. No, exactly, and 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 then walking off and 
and hearing some of the Anderson faithful, who I, I, I really did want to flip them off. I really did, but I, I knew my career at Anderson would be short. Yeah, it been short. It yeah. might have been short. Uh, hey, let's take a look at, at a little bit of, of local football uh, in the uh, in the NIC now in, in that in that uh, East West Division. New Prairie uh, three and one. Their only loss is still a port, right, John? Yeah. Yes. That, that is correct. Hey, get the. Th- I mean, I'm Sorry, giving you yeah, all this pub. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get everything done over here. All right. right? Yeah. They lo- the only loss is to Laporte first week of the season. And that was kind of shocking because I think that's Laporte's only win. It is. Yeah. 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 They, they've lost three straight. And Laporte started a freshman quarterback, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so I mean, there you go. St. Joe is is also tied at three and one. Penn at three and one, but but that's not conference. I mean, I mean, Penn got beat at Cathedral. Uh, Marion's one and three in that in in, in that division. Uh, Marion's uh, opening game against Mishawaka. Mishawaka put it to him pretty good. And they played some pretty good teams. I mean, Marion's played Mishawaka, who's obviously what they're three and one. You know, they played Verbuff, who I think they're two and two. They got Verbuff got beat by someone uh, Friday. That was I mean was pretty good. And you know, New Prairie. And I think New Prairie's improved because I think they got a, they're starting an offensive lineman back and a starting defensive end back. That really's helped them since that Laporte game. So, yeah, Marion's one and three. We'll see how they are because I think Adams plays Marion, and then uh, St. Joe, Joe plays New Prairie. So we'll yeah. see pretty quick. Yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be a great test for for both of those teams. St. Joe's, I mean, has played really well. Ben Downey coming back after taking a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, he, he's got a kid uh, that's a sophomore now, and and he and he and his kid brought about four or five of of his friends from I think maybe St. Pius okay. and went to St. Joe uh, it, you know if they would have hired Ben and and as we know we talk about recruiting at the Catholic schools we're going to hire Ben man if you're bringing six or seven guys with you man I ain't saying anything <laughs> about recruiting at the Catholic schools either I ain't saying it the, <laughs> the North South Division it's up in Riley 4-0 and, and, and we were just talking off the air where I mean they're going to be 6-0 and they're Six and zero going into that New Prairie game, right? That'd be a big one, you know. They've got to beat Indianapolis, Washington, and South Bend, Washington, you know, next. But well, you know, well, they, they, they're they probably going to be heavy favorites in those two games. Yeah, no, they will. You know, and it's interesting about Riley. They haven't played a home game yet, and they don't play. They play in Indianapolis. Their first five games are on the road, so they're finally, you know, getting some home games. You know, New Prairie will be a test, and then Bream and Jimtown, I believe, they have at home. So that'll be. We'll see where they are pretty quick. And as a Riley grad who's been to a million football games, they haven't been a real successful football operation over there. So this is good for, you know, the south side. You know, the Riley's, you know, real solid in football this year. Yeah, no, I think it's great for the south side. And and Bremen, and Bremen in that division, uh, I mean, would probably be the big test or Glenn. I mean, Bremen They've checks in. Glenn. Well, okay, so so Bremen checks in at three and one, uh, Jimtown one and three, Washington one and three, and South Bend Clay. I mean, does South Bend Clay even have a team anymore? Or, or, or I mean, are those forfeits? No, they do have a team, and actually, they now are up to forty kids on their roster. Really? And they got a transfer from Mishawaka last week, who is expected to play this week against Washington. Okay, who is it? I mean, do we know? We do know, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, Johnny, be good. I got to. I got to take take care of my guy Darius. You know. Okay, good. <laughs> I got to so, take care of him. So, so is there anything that I mean? I saw the headlines in the paper that South Bend Clay might. Uh, I mean, annex to another uh, like another area and yeah, keep the school. I mean, is, I mean, is that 
Yeah, the, uh, there's a group called Save Clay Incorporated. They are going to the county council to ask them to send a resolution down to the Indiana Department of Superintendent's instruction to file something that they can actually get out of South Bend schools and become Clay Township schools, which would then save the building. That's kind of really? where they're headed right now, yes. But so, see, the South Bend schools, I think, will fight that. Because yes, they will. Doesn't Clay Township bring in 40%? They bring in 40% of the tax base for the South Bend schools. That's a lot of money right there. And it's not just Clay Township, because you've also got Clay Township South Bend. If you think about it, because I live in Clay Township in South Bend proper, but I pay taxes for Clay High School, even though my kid went to Riley and I went to Adams. But see, that you're right, Rob. That's 40% of the tax base, so the South Bend schools are going to fight that tooth and nail, I'm sure. Yeah. Mr. Augustino will take care of it. Oh, he will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just wants the check made out, Augustino. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so the Northern Lakes Conference, Warsaw, Mishawaka. Uh, I mean, Northwood gets upset by, by a Northridge team that Mishawaka beat by 30 points. And uh, I mean, I mean that's a I mean that's a surprising loss for Northwood, I think. Well, I had heard the kid that's going to Georgia did not play in that game. I had heard, but still, it's a shock. Yeah, no, I mean it is a big shock. Warsaw, Mishawaka, Bart Curtis. Uh, I mean that'll be that'll be a big game coming up. So, so, so Mishawaka has Plymouth, uh, which I, I'm not sure if, if Plymouth is still playing JV football or not because. Because actually they've been down the last few years. And they got their, yeah, they, they, broke, they broke a losing streak last week with a win. But it's, I think they had like lost twenty some straight games or something like that. No, they won the first game. They're two and two. Oh, they're two and two. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Jai. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we need him on the show. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> Luke Erickson to my right here. Yeah. By the way, King says he's on the 18th tee. So. All right. Good. <laughs> Good. Tell him he needs to stay out there. We got a guy that knows actually what he's talking about right, here. We don't need his help. He can just finish his round of golf and have some dinner. So, so then Mishawaka goes to, to the trifecta of Warsaw, uh, Northwood, and Concord, and so that will decide that league. I mean, I, I mean, who comes out of that? I mean, I think the winner of uh, Warsaw and Mishawaka will win the NLC. I think both of them are a little too much for Concord, you know, and and well, you. Miss Walker already took care of Northridge. Yep. But, you know, Northwood will be tough. You know, if they have everybody back, I mean, how many teams can you say in this area have Georgia's number one in the country, Michigan's number two, and they got two guys going to those two programs? I mean, we would, what if we had, you know, a guy going to Duke and Carolina, our teams, no. we'd be pretty good coaches. No, no, I know. Or, or, or going to Notre Dame and uh, Purdue or Princeton or wherever that was. <laughs> we'd be pretty good coaches. Hey, uh, uh, let me read a commercial spot here real quick. Thanks to Tony Letcher with Health Market Insurance. Whether you need help with your health insurance or Medicare, it's time to get the right coverage for the right price. Call Tony today at 574-307-8882 or visit the website at tletcher.com. So, I mean, we mentioned Duke and we mentioned Michigan. How could we not mention Michigan State now? How do we not mention Michigan State and all the trouble that has gone on in Michigan State, and now we got a clown who has got he's got great football pedigree. He gets paid a hundred million dollars. Just all signed you, a new contract last year, right? All you got to do is coach football, uh, go home to your wife and family, and be a great family man. But so so Michigan State then hires a firm to come and talk to the players on sexual harassment. So. Great, great move. I mean, I mean, great move with all the things going on on campuses today. 
So the yeah, young, especially Michigan State. Exactly. And so the young lady comes. Uh, she does a great job. So the great Mel Tucker used to be the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Uh, he's the head coach. He starts um, uh, talking to the lady. He starts, for a better uh, term, rapping to the lady a little bit. He starts texting her. He starts sexually harassing her uh, verbally. Uh, he, uh, and he asks the question, if I wasn't married, I mean, I mean, would you be interested in me? But you are married, Mel. Mm-hmm. But you are married. And so she files a sexual harassment uh, deal against him. Um, he's suspended without pay. At least we all know what that leads yeah, to. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's fired. He's got the world by you know what. And it's, I mean, all of these kind of situations that are going on now, I mean, they, I mean, they literally blow my mind because people have it made, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, if you pay me $100 million, you know, I would mind my P's and Q's. I don't understand. Plus, even if you paid me nothing, if you're married, you know, you got to respect you it, go. right? There, I mean, yeah. I don't care if you, if I wasn't making any money. No, if you, if you pay me $100 million, I'm taking my wife to a movie every night because I love going to movies. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting a, instead of getting a medium popcorn, I'm getting a large bucket because yes. I got money. And maybe an icy. Yeah, <laughs> and an icy. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, and it's the same deal with the shortstop from Tampa Bay, uh, Wander Franco. He's he's a multimillionaire, signed an eighty million dollar contract at age twenty two, I believe. He's He's messing around with 15 and 16 year olds in the Dominican Republic. I mean, for all intents and purposes, his major league career is probably done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter what happens in his, you know. Yeah, no, in, in, in the court, so. in the court case, and all that stuff. So it's a, it's amazing to me that that our people who are great athletically, great coaches, can't take care of their personal life. Yeah, it's it's. Kind it's of sad. Yeah, yeah, no, it no, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. Hey, John, give us a question. You want a question? All right. We want a question. You want a question? All right. This comes from one of our viewers in Chicago. Your thoughts on the Bears after yesterday's loss to the Packers? Oh, John. Hey, John, <laughs> do we got to start on you, man. John, do we got a seven-second delay in case I cuss? Yes, we do. All we, right. We've got a delay ready to go. Right. I got my finger on the button. Okay, <laughs> because the word embarrassment comes to my mind. Embarrassment. You got six months to prepare for that game. Your preparation should be impeccable. The Bears, and I know you watched the Bears too, Rob. The Bears were pathetic. They really were. And, you know, I actually had high hopes. You know, I thought they did a really good job in the offseason getting guys. Why would you go out and get a wide receiver if you're only going to throw it to him twice? The the, the DJ Moore. Why do you even bother? You don't need him if you're not going to even throw to him. And, you know, I don't understand it. You got a quarterback that can run. But it, he doesn't even throw it down the field. I mean, no. this is the year, you know, the Lions, the Bears, I thought maybe they'd be battling it out. But, again, another year of I know 
battling for the the bottom again? Are we going for first round picks? Or? And you and you just got you just got John putting his headset on because John's a Detroit Lion guy. Yeah, yeah I mean the Lions the Lions take yeah. care of the Chiefs on uh, last yes. Thursday night, twenty one twenty. Yes, sir. And and actually the Lions got a gift because if Travis Kelsey's playing, well they probably we don't win. That. Yeah, we. But I think the Lions are going to be very improved this year, and a lot of people say they're going to win the North. I I think so too. I think they're good. That Dan Campbell. I, ever since He's I watched Hard Knocks, <laughs> I really like. I like watching that. You know, I secretly cheer for the Lions, and you know, I know Steve Sheltra. You know, he loves those Lions. Yeah, no, no. And, and once and, and once Campbell start talking about biting kneecaps. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're just going to bite your kneecap until we get this right. Come on. But no, but so, and, and and so you're exactly right. They bring in a number one wide receiver. He's got two targets. He catches two for 25 yards. Uh, I mean, I mean, Justin Fields gets sacked four times. 24 for 37 for, I don't know, 214 yards. Got a 5.8 per pass play average, which is ridiculous. Uh, he's got one fumble. He's got he's got one. He, uh, I mean, he throws a TD. He throws a pick six. Uh, he's reluctant to put the ball down the field. He's throwing check downs left and right. Or taken off. Or taken off. And, and, and he said in the press conference, that their game plan was what uh, was to use a lateral passing game, which means a lot of crossing routes, a lot of shallow crossing routes, instead of instead of using his big arm and stretching the Packers out. Um, I mean, if the offensive coordinator still has a job today, I'm amazed. Yeah, yeah I'm it, amazed. And I, if any of you guys watch the Dolphins play, Tua, I mean, they threw it Tua. And that Tyree Kill, I mean, they just threw it and let him go get it. That's, that's I mean, what you I, do. I thought DJ Moore, that's the kind of guy that they wanted him to do, and just they never even threw it. And then you couldn't even turn fast enough. You turned the channel, it was back. The Packers were scoring again, and they were supposed to be down this year. You yeah. Know? yeah, Jordan Love, uh, I mean, sits three years behind Aaron Rodgers, and he, uh, I mean, he learns. I mean, he learns from Aaron. Aaron Rodgers sat three years behind Brett Favre, so maybe – so maybe they've showed us a way of how to develop quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, I don't know, but 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 I mean, Jordan Love doesn't look like he's a slouch. He looks pretty good. No, he looks solid. All I right, mean, guys, we got a call. It just called in. Q wants to talk to you guys. Quinn so. Harlan, you remember Quinn Harlan was our manager at Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah, Q, yeah, yeah. He's right there for you. Q, what's shaking, big dog? Can't hear you, man. Why not? He's in there. Oh, wait a minute. I got no Q. Try that now. Q, you there? Q, I got I got no Q. I got no Q. Yeah. You got Q now, don't there you? We got, we got Q now. What's up, brother? Well, I heard you guys lamenting about the Bears. I figured misery loves company, so I figured I'd call in. <laughs> so you remember the great Rob Berger uh, uh, coaching with us of for those, uh, those first couple years. Hugh, how are you? It's been a long time. You're doing good, Rob. How's things up there? I can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, all right, yeah, we, give could, us... we could complain, but I don't think anybody's going to care. No, no. <laughs> all right, give me your three-minute synopsis of that game. And and, and remember, we, okay, remember, we do have a seven-second uh, button here. So, Johnny, keep your keep, keep your there. finger on the trigger there. It's there. All right, Q, go hey. ahead. Point blank, uh, we all learned you go north to south in every sport known to mankind. I don't know why they decided to try the east-to-west game plan. 
The play calling makes me think Luke Getz needs to go back to coaching a middle school team. Thank you, Hugh. And as far as your defense is concerned, hey, there were actually a couple sacks by the defensive line, so I guess that's cause for putting a candle in a cupcake, not a parade. Short of that, like I said in a YouTube video I posted last night, the thing that stings the most is it's just another loss to the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, no, but okay, okay. Let's say this. It is another loss to the Packers, but it's trending in that direction. I mean, not only to the Packers, but now, you know, a lot of other teams. So, so here's the deal. Well, you're scared. You got to go to Tampa next week. So it's gonna, you're going to be playing in a sauna in Tampa, Florida, and then you've got Kansas City. So you're staring down the barrel of 0 and three. So next week, it isn't. How often do you say this about a week two game? Next week is a must win for the Bears. I agree. Right, uh, it's not going to be easy. No, no, no. They played well. Never is. No. Okay, so here's the deal. Baker Mayfield looks like he did his last couple years in Cleveland. All right, all right. Here's the deal. Find a genie. I'm in tankathon mode already. I'm in tankathon mode no. because, <laughs> because we could tank it out and get the number one pick. Carolina, we got Carolina's first pick. Carolina will, will finish – a half a game behind us so we got the first two picks but the deal is do we know how to pick anybody and if that scenario happens if that scenario happens i say it's time to pull the plug on fields and uh i mean draft caleb williams from usc and give him the football, well here's right? the thing if caleb williams still has another year of eligibility left so is he going to come out and play for the bears he's coming out baby and i tell you why well i don't know now because he got, yeah. yeah i mean yeah, nil money he's I mean, probably NIL making, more money, yeah. <laughs> making more than just fields is probably yeah. now now is he going to want to come well, play for this defense coordinator wrong on one thing here though heck what uh you were around in for 1965, when a couple guys named Gail Sayers and Dick Buckus got drafted, right? I was there. I, no, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, how do, how well would you say the Bears built around those guys, or did they just think those two guys could win everything by themselves? Well, they never had a quarterback back then. They had a guy named Bingo. Jack Cannon. They had Rudy Bukic. They had Billy Wade. Yep. So, they, I mean, defensively, they were the monsters of the midway. Uh, but they never had yep. a quarterback, and, and, and that's been their bugaboo and for about a million years. Forever. Yep. Yep. And outside Jim McMahon, who I keep hearing was mediocre at best, but hey, that he was a game that manager. Good, that's all you need. Yeah, well, so here's a great Jim McMahon story. Um, so, Mike <laughs> Ditka, so, so, so Mike Ditka made millions. His offensive coordinator made a lot of money. Uh, the play caller made a lot of money. So, so the play caller gives a play. He sends it down to Ditka. Ditka sends it to the coach who's going to, uh, uh, like, relay it into McMahon. McMahon looks at both of them, gives them the finger, and runs what he wants to run because he had a great football mind, man. That was Jim McMahon to a T. He had a great football mind. Hey, yeah, I just got done watching a doc about the 85 Bears, and basically Steve McMichael, Dan Hemp, and everybody called Jim McMahon the offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it was. How's your health? Are you doing good? Are you doing better? I just got done seeing my endocrinologist today. Uh, my blood sugar levels are trending in the right direction. Good. I uh, got the A1C. Get, the A1C levels are getting better. Tomorrow I goes with my the family history. I mean, I again thank you for all the thoughts and prayers for my dad with his heart surgery and yes. everything earlier yes. this year. Yes. Uh, with that family tradition, I'm seeing a cardiologist tomorrow for the good old stress test, a heart scan, an ultrasound, all that good jazz. All right, well, don't watch any more Bear games for the rest of the year, and your heart will be okay, man. 
Hey, listen. Bro, I'm already, I'm so conditioned to, to deal with that. It's nothing. Hey, listen, thanks. <laughs> I actually get, it's a pleasant shock when they actually kick somebody's butt. Hey, listen, thanks for being on the Black Sedan Hotline, man. We'll talk at you later. Thanks for listening, Q. No problem. You guys take it easy, and I will see you when I see you. All right, see man. You. All right, man. That's that's one of our managers down in Anderson that was almost like a co-assistant coach, or he thought he was, to be quite <laughs> yeah, honest yeah. with you. And um, when he graduated high school, he said, no problem, heck, I'll still come back and manage. <laughs> and I said, I said, cool. So I know that we're – we're getting ready to um, we're getting ready to have another caller here, um, and it's your brother. So, my brother, the great Donnie Heck. How are you, man? Hey, Ron. How you doing, buddy? I am great. So, I, I got the I got the great Robbie Berger sitting next to me, and uh, my brother Don worked at Forty Park when your dad was the park okay. director. Yeah, yeah. And Donnie and Donnie was was the uh, groundskeeper. And every day I would walk in the shelter house, and Donnie would be laying in the wheelbarrow with the hoses as a little mattress, taking a nap there. Remember that? I do remember it. Most comfortable, most comfortable bed I've ever I've ever laid on. Yeah, and getting paid for it, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, man. So um, we got you on here to talk a little bit about Southeastern Conference football, and obviously you live in Birmingham, Alabama. And obviously, uh, you started your, I mean, for your first probably 25 or 30 years, you were a great Notre Dame fan. And then you moved down to Alabama, and, and you've been down there for a long, long time. And now and now you're an Alabama fan, uh, on, on Ala- uh, and you know Alabama football really well. Uh, so Alabama takes it on the chin by, by a really good Texas team, by the way. I, I, mean, I mean, Sark, you know, uh, 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 Nick Saban. Brings his career back by uh, by by bringing him in as as a, as an assistant coach, and and Sark gets that Texas job. Uh, his quarterback is really good, uh, uh, Quinn uh, Ewers. And here's the thing about Texas now that I think is really cool: everybody thinks Arch Manning is going to Texas. Mm-hmm. Arch Manning's going to be the man. He's going to start. He Arch Manning can't bust a grape now because they got a really good quarterback, right? Well, I, you know, Ron, Quinn Ewers did a great job of managing that game and putting the ball in the players' hands that needed to be that needed to have the ball. I mean, it was nothing out. It was nothing outstanding. It was just a you know, he's a very good quarterback, talent-wise. The Alabama quarterback can run faster, can throw the ball farther, uh, but but Ewers can make better decisions. And I and I, and I think the one thing that that you can't teach. And, and and I think you'll agree with me is accuracy. You either are accurate or you're not accurate. And, yeah, you can't. And, I mean, uh, those you, days you are gone. Those, ball on the money. Those days are gone yeah. where you hang the tire in the backyard and you put it on and you put it on uh, the clothesline, right? Well, they're they're not gone, but you do that when you're in high school and yeah, grade exactly. school. You don't do it as a you don't do it as a sophomore in college, you know, and it. And if by, the, by your sophomore year in college you're not accurate, you're not going to be accurate. I mean, the same with pitching. You know, I mean, it's a and and, and so there there are several passes that uh, that Milrow threw that that his that his, his receivers had to change their course in order to catch the ball. And one of them was on was on A and M's twenty yard line, and he threw it to a back coming out of the backfield, and the guy had to literally turn around, spin around, 
and catch the ball, and he fell down after he caught it. There was nobody in front of him. He had touchdown. Yeah. And my, my first thought was, boy, they missed Bryce Young. They missed his accuracy. And uh, But, uh, that, you know, look, I don't know what they're going to do, and I don't, you know, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know any more than, than a typical fan does. I just observe. And uh, he's a great athlete. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of tools. But, uh, you know, the, the, the other thing I saw was he stared his receivers down. And at that level, if you stare your receivers down, that safety's going to follow mm-hmm. your eyes, and he's going to pick the ball. And it happened twice. And yeah. uh, they were, and they were, and they were both critical situations where they needed to continue the drive and score. And uh, you know, it was it, that's, and then and then there were penalties. Uh, you know, we talked earlier today. There, there were critical penalties that that Alabama got bit with last year, and it, and it seems like they still got the same the same situation. So two holding got, penalties. Yeah, two yeah, holding yeah, penalties. Saban's I mean, got called back two touchdowns. I mean, that's fourteen yes, points. Yes, yes. Saban's yep. got a lot of coaching to do with this team, and I just looked at their schedule. I mean, they could lose another three games. I mean, easily. You know, teams that beat them last year. So, so, so here's know, the question: it, Are they going to stay with with Milrow at quarterback? Or are they going to give Ty Simpson a shot or Buckner or, or, or Buckner a shot? Well, they play they play South Florida this week, so whoever plays quarterback is going to look great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my they are, they need to give they need to give somebody else a lot of reps, a lot of game reps this week. Uh, just you know, just so they get get whoever they want to game ready in case they need them. I, I heard and and, and Saban, I think Saban said this in in a press conference after the game that uh, he was ready to pull Milrow. Just before Milrow threw that uh, long touchdown pass, uh-huh. he was he was going to pull him, and, uh-huh. and he said, "Nah." He said, "You know, I'll stick with him." But uh, you know, as as you saw, that 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 wasn't the, you know that wasn't the end of the game. I mean, plus their defense, their defense had a hard time stopping them. Their defense didn't get a rush on on uh, on Ewers all night. Ewers sat back there and had time to throw, and on the other hand, Milrow was was forced out of the pocket. You know, a lot of times. So. It's a tough game, tough, tough, tough second game of the year. I mean, you know, Georgia opens up with, um, <laughs> you know, two, two. Uh, yeah, I mean, two tomato two, cans, two cupcakes. Yeah, two yeah, tomato two cupcakes. That, you know, I, I, unfortunately, one of them our, our nephew coaches at, but uh, yeah, Ball State. Uh, Ball State. Yeah, and hey, just, hey, let's take. Know, so, I mean, let's take our two mil and go home, right? Exactly. They were exactly three, yeah. before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So. Okay, so what have your thoughts been on, after watching the first two games on Tommy Reese as the OC? You know, the first game you really can't tell yeah. anything. Uh, the, the second game, I, you know, if, if, if Reese is if Reese is determining how to use Milrow, I think he's misusing Milrow. I mean, Milrow is not a pocket passer. He's a he's a get him in the open and 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 get him in open space and let him run and let him make a decision, but. You know, if, if that's Reese's call, I mean, I don't think he's doing a good job right now. But, uh-huh. you know, things, things change. They'll make adjustments. I mean, what, what I think is important is what happens between now and the next, you know, the next two games. So so, so let me ask you this question about Nick Saban now. And, and we know, I mean, there's no sense in going, you know, going through any statistics or anything like that. We know how, 
how great of a coach Nick Saban is. He's, he's. I mean, he's won championships. He's, he. I mean, he's a great. He's a great technician. He, he hires great guys. But here's a question I have: If he's going to go nine and three, or eight and four, will he continue to coach uh, in, in those kind of scenarios? Because we all know. He's, he's used to going 9-1 and one and playing for the national championship, every, I mean, every year. And so are the fans. Yes. And, and, so, and so, I mean, as someone who has watched Alabama for a long time now and, and has watched uh, the Nick Saban era for a long time, would you say that he would coach through this type of a, uh, of a situation or, or would you say that it would be a great time for him to retire? But I think there's two questions. Number one, and you said it earlier, will will you know, will, will they stay with him? Well, I don't think they're they're going. Nobody's going to force Nick Saban out of. No, job. no, exactly. Number one. I mean, I think the deal uh, is all no, his. Yeah. Number number two, I think Nick Saban is such a driven individual that he's not going to he he's not going to let a, a a bad season dictate you know what he does. I, I he's 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 more driven than than any, than any coach. I mean, yeah, he's like Bear Bryant. I mean, he's not. He's not. He's not going to let uh, uh, a three-loss season determine whether he gets out of it or not. So my my answer to that question is: I think he stays with it as long as long as he's having fun. As long as he, I mean, well, having fun is relative, but as long as long as he wants to, you know, I mean, I, I think he'll coach through it. I do. I do. I think he'll. I think he'll fight it and fight it and and then turn it around. Good. Uh, so when you talk about the SEC, I mean, obviously Georgia. Uh, I mean, who else do you think is is going to? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, who else is going to be in that race? I mean, besides Georgia and Alabama, uh, probably. Well, there's Tennessee, LSU. Uh, you know, don't count Old Miss out. Old Miss can put some points on the board, man. Uh, and and there's not many people that can stop that kind of ball nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think Tennessee and LSU definitely are going to are going to compete for the. You know, for the for the uh, SEC tournament championship, and or the SEC championship game. I'm pretty uh, sure you weren't too upset when you saw A&M get beat, right? Uh, Jimbo's hard to like. You know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, he's, and uh, yeah, you know, the guy must he he must have done something right in his life to get you know to get where he is. But he's just hard to like. That's just and that's just literally that's just. Strictly my opinion. No, man. So the answer to your question is no. I wasn't. I wasn't sad to see them get beat by, by Miami. So I will tell you this much now. You know that that our bumper music um, uh, is is obviously all black sedan music, man. And uh, the black sedan band. I think. I mean, I've I've seen you play a couple times, and I think the band is phenomenal. I mean, you guys still growing as a band? Are you are you getting better still? Oh yeah, we get better every time we play, Ron. What's your newest uh, song? No, Give we, me your new song. What's your newest song you want? Oh, uh, let's see. Heartache Tonight. Oh, uh, man. Um, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the Springsteen song? Um, uh, oh, gosh. I got it on the tip of my tongue. Well, no, it's another Prevagen show here. My brother needs Prevagen. I, I don't. Exactly. No. No, so you know. Well, we play so you know what song I want you to play. I want you to go some John Mellencamp, Cherry Bar, man. I want you to do yeah, some of that. I, I think that. I mean, I think guy, the drums are I, great in that. Well, our guy's not a John Mellencamp kind of guy. I, I know. If you told me Mellencamp was on, 
I'd be in the car driving tomorrow, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, listen, thanks for calling in on the Black Sedan Highlight. Oh, thanks my for, pleasure. I mean, thanks for giving us uh, your insight on SEC football and Alabama. And uh, I think the Irish are going to be pretty good. Keep listening. We're going to talk about the Irish here in yeah. a minute. Uh, I, I Look, I, I think I – think, uh, What's his name? Is making the Irish? Are, oh, Sam Hartman, their quarterback. Yeah, Sam Hartman. No, I mean, no, no. Sam Hartman is great. He's great. Yep. He's getting yep. hit yep. a little I bit. It, I mean, he's getting hit a little bit more than I want. His offensive line, I thought, would be just great. Uh, in the last game against uh, North Carolina State, he took some shots, and I think. Well, I know. I don't think if Sam Hartman goes down, Notre Dame's done. You know, they may. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, they may work out a trade, three footballs for <laughs> Tyler Buckner coming back. I don't know, something <laughs> like that, Sam. I don't know. And Saban might make that trade. <laughs> yeah, he might. He might. Yeah, nothing's illegal nowadays. No, I know. I know, man. We were just talking about guys coming out and going to the pros, and we were saying. Well, I don't know. It depends what their NIL contract is, if they're going to come out or exactly, stay in, yeah. man. Exactly. Man, you can get three yeah. hots in a cot and make and make 1.5 mil. I mean, have your college chicks all around you all the time. I'm staying in school right. a little longer, man. Well, hell, Sam, Sam Hartman, he's been in school for six. This is his sixth <laughs> year. I know. He better be. He better be good. I know. Hey, hung, hungry heart. Hungry heart. There you go, man. Yeah, I love it. Most recent stuff. Hey, listen, yeah, great, speaking. Hey, great speaking. Hey, great speaking with you, man. Tell the fam I said hi and take care of your hip. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Ron. Love you, buddy. All right. Love you, too. See, See you, man. So that's the question, uh, and, and I'm going to pose a question to you when we get done with our sponsors here. Uh, thanks to Tony Letcher with Health Markets Insurance. Whether you need help with your health insurance or Medicare, it's time you get the right uh, coverage for the right price. Call Tony today at 574-307-8882. Or visit the website at tletcher.com. Han Funeral Home, the loss of a loved one, can leave you with lots of unanswered questions and stress. At Han Funeral Homes of Mishawaka, we're here, here to help. Our focus has always been on the families that we serve. At Han Funeral Home, we stand ready to meet your needs and exceed your expectations. When selecting a funeral home, our experienced funeral directors and staff will be there for you every step of the way for all your funeral service needs. Hans is located on West 8th Street. Give him a call and stop in and see uh, Pat Han at Han Funeral Home. Here's a joke for you, John, to be good. Yes, sir. Okay, two caskets were talking to each other. Okay. W- one casket said to the other, is that you, Coffin? Oh, <laughs> Come on, man. Well, but, well, speaking of stiffs, we have the ever-lovely Coach I'm King on the line. He is calling from Texas. Just got off the golf course, right, Coach? I did. I'm in the car right now. How you guys doing? Hey, Wally. Hey, Wally Pip. How are you, man? Stop it, Lou Gehrig. You're killing me. Ah, we're having a great time, right, Rob? Yeah, having a good time. Yeah, we... Hi, Robbie. How you doing? And I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I, I'm fine. I just got off the golf course. My two brothers are here in the car, and I'm sitting in the passenger in the scrub seat here on the passenger side, hanging out the window. Hey, listen, man. Uh, how'd you? I mean, how'd you hit him today? Okay, it's a nice course. Uh, you know, we were down here with the other people that volunteered at the Colonial Golf Tournament that we worked at back at Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we we didn't get to play at the Colonial Golf Course because they're renovating it back to however it looked back in the '40s, and then they're trying to get it ready for next year's tournament in May. So we played at a course nearby here, in, in, just west of downtown Fort Worth. So 
We are on Airport Expressway right now over by DFW and in the Hearst Euless Bedford area, if, that, if people in uh, Texas know anything about that. Well, obviously, we don't. We're at Bar Louis, the great Bar Louis, <laughs> man. The food's great. Uh, we got a couple of drinks here sitting on the table. We're getting ready to talk maybe some Notre Dame football. I'm going to ask Rob a, a couple philosophical questions here about coaching. And uh, uh, we miss you, big boy. And uh, uh, we'll talk next week about what our plan is going to be. Be safe traveling. Tell your brothers I said, hey, man. I will. Hey, one question. Real yeah. quick, how, uh, what are we going to do with the Bears? Is this just a that, one no, I, thing? Hey, or? <laughs> it's the biggest embarrassment. I, so after one game, I'm in Tankathon already. I, I mean, Rob can I, answer I it. Rob, tell him what you think. Uh, I, I was embarrassed. I thought they had turned a the corner. They got some draft picks, got a – Number one receiver, and then that showed up yesterday. You know, I know we were disappointing. Talking, we, we've been talking about we've been talking about how Carolina was maybe trying to tank, but I guess it might be the Bears. Well, it doesn't matter because the Bears got the, uh, Carolina's first round pick, so it doesn't matter. I, I mean, we yeah. may go one two in the draft next year, but what about I mean, what about those Cowboys? How about them Cowboys down yeah. there, man? I mean, forty oh zip. Gosh. I mean, forty zip over the G men. Are you kidding me? Running up the score, yeah. Jerry Jones. Running my up the ears score. are on overload. My ears are on overload right now. All you hear down here is how about Jim Cavill? I know, I know. You, so you, I you think you can't help it. it. It's it's as bad down here as you hear when Notre Dame wins a home game. I think that it's good for the NFL when the Cowboys are good. Yeah, I do too. I do I too. Think you're right. No, I, I yeah, think I it is. Do. I think it's a great market, and it's good for the NFL when the Cowboys are good. Hey, listen, man. Uh, 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 we're gonna have go. to go here. I got to get some commercials read, and we got a couple other things we got to chat about. Great speaking with you, and uh, yep, be I'll safe be on your travels. Tomorrow afternoon. I'll be back in town tomorrow afternoon, so I'll catch up with you. See you, Robbie. See you, Pat. All right. Okay, so, thanks for helping out. See you guys. So here's here's my next. So no, Pat's got to call in right uh, to see if he's still got a job, right? Exactly. I didn't have the heart to say, Pat, stay in Texas for a few more weeks. He's like Mel Tucker. <laughs> yeah. <Done. laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not exactly like Mel, but hey, I see what you're saying. Uh, here's my here's a philosophical question to you. Um, I, I, and I asked it about Nick Saban, and you kind of fall into this same category. That I mean, you've had great players at Marion. You've won a lot of games. If if you went through, if you went through, let's say a rebuild, and would lose five or six or seven games, would would the the desire to continue to coach still be in your heart uh, because you've been so successful. I mean, I think I would. I, I, you know, I think I enjoy. I still enjoy. You know, the games. I know I enjoy practice. I enjoy practice, and you know, I still enjoy the kids. So I, I, I think I would. And I, you know, I, you know how it is. You're, you're, you're competitive. So if you would have, you know, a 500 or less season, I don't think you'd want to go out like that. I guess. And I think I'd want to. You know, keep coaching, you know, until I could, you know, when I'd step away on my own terms, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, and so I kind of liken that a little bit to Dabble Sweeney at Clemson. Yeah. He's, he's losing a little bit more than he's used to losing. And, um, but I think Dabble Sweeney does it more than just for winning. I think he's a very Christian-oriented man. He, he talks always about developing his, the moral fiber of his players and stuff like that. And I think that's great. And if he was going through a couple of tough seasons, I, I, I mean, I think he would, I mean, hang in there and fight it out. So 
in my particular case, in my particular case, I got spoiled being at Anderson. I mean, I was just, I was one of the guys that just came in and just, I mean, we did it for the love of it. And then when I got to Anderson, there was a lot of winning involved. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff involved with running a, a really good program. Then when I came to Mishawaka, it's a little different because obviously you don't have the same caliber of players. And obviously you're going to lose a little bit more. And the losing really, really got to me. Yeah. I mean, it really got to me. And so so, so my thought process and my question, uh, well, I know I got all these sophomore backs. Do I want to hang in there and still coach them up again? Or do I just want to get out now and do some other things? Uh, and, and the losing just killed me so much that I decided to get out and hand Bodie Bender a team that was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they were real good. Yeah, and you know, that Anderson, I'll never forget, you had those, What you had like some booster meeting every Saturday. I had a booster meeting every Saturday morning where people would just come in. Oh, there were a lot. There were about yeah. 100 people there. Yeah. Because they'd watch practice. Yeah. Yeah, and one time you were busy and you made me go. I think I walked in, turned around, and came back out. I thought it'd be like five people. There were about a hundred people in that cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, and then I had my own radio show. Yeah, every Monday night. Yeah, right? every Monday yeah. night I had a radio show, and so and so Anderson kind of got me spoiled a little bit, and then and then and then when I came up here, and so Mitchell Walker was so kind to bring me back because I wanted to come home. Uh -huh. South Bend is home to me, and I wanted to come home, so they were kind to bring me home, and I spent five years there. And then, and then, the, the relative losing of maybe going twelve and nine, or I mean that that really affected me. And when it came time for me to make a decision, I said, I don't know if I want to go through a rebuild. Yeah, and Mishawaka is a tough. Trust me, it's a tough place to coach because yeah. I mean, football and wrestling are king. Exactly. And it's wrestling, it's the only place I've ever been where people even actually go to wrestling matches. <laughs> but it's a big deal in that city. And, you know, you're third or fourth, you know, a lot of times baseball sometimes is even. So it's, it's, it is a tough place to go, a tough place to coach. Yeah, so what about so what about Notre Dame? I mean, we got a few minutes left here. Hey, hey Johnny, be good. Give me a question. Hang on a second. We may have another phone call here. We do. We got another phone we call. Have a, we have another phone call. So we're going to... Let you take it. There you go. He's hey, online. You're on the Black Sedan Hotline. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I just want to talk a little about Marion football. What's going on with Marion football? <laughs> who, so who is this? This is Brad. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Well, I can. T I, so we can ask about uh, an answer about Marion basketball because I got the guy sitting right to my right. But I don't know, Rob. What is the story with Marion football? Well, I've been to two of the the four games and you know they they won their you know i saw them beat culver and then the rest of the you know for a 3a team you know when you're playing a, a state power brebuff a, a state power mishawaka and you know new prairie's been a local power i mean it, it's gonna get them ready we'll see you against adams and then they go against penn which has six times the number of kids marion does so they're gonna be well tested heading into the tournament you know so you know, I, I think they'll be okay once, you know, they kind of get their feet under them. And they're still young again this year. I mean, they'll st other than their quarterback, they'll st still bring back 80% of their players next year. They're well coached, aren't they? I mean, I yeah. think their coach does a great job. I think Mike does a really good job. And, you know, his position coaches, I think, are, you know, good coaches as well. Good guys, too. 
it's always nice when you get along. You're the basketball coach. Yeah, no, you get along with your football think, coach. I think that is great as long as your basketball players aren't playing football, right? As long as they don't get hurt playing yeah, football. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Madison Begonia, Bright is is uh, he's playing at Purdue University. He's a freshman. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Hunter uh, Renner is a is is the punter at Northwestern. And don't forget Xander Horvath yeah, on the practice squad with the great. Steelers. Yeah, I mean a great career. And uh, I mean, so so I got to say this: Hunter Renner's probably putting a lot of Northwestern nowadays, yeah, he, isn't he? I saw him play. Who they play? They played Rutgers their yeah. first game. He probably had about 10, 11 Yeah, points. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's, a t- it's a tough day. I mean, have you have you ever sat down and asked him about the hazing incident? Like, like did he have to go through any of it? I haven't seen <laughs> seen him since that all that happened. No. I mean, that's that's. T- I mean, Northwestern is the Harvard is the Harvard here of the Midwest. And they're dealing with stuff like that. Are you kidding me? Come on. No, so so Marion football, St. Joe football, the I mean the Catholic War, right? The Holy War. Yeah, yeah. the Holy War. I love that, man. And, and of course, so I do a so I do a Legends program on regional radio sports with Paul Condry on Thursday. So Thursday on our Legends show is going to be Johnny Morrow and Nick DeChico. Wow, two, from I mean, the 73. Yeah, two Marion studs that played for my brother, who was the head coach there when they won those street th- uh, uh, state championships. They were honored at halftime of the Culver game. I that knew 73 that. team was there. And, and both of those guys were there, John and, and, and Mr. DeChico, they were both there. And Nick DeChico, and, and, they had a, and they had a tailback named Nick Barnes. He was there. Who went on yep. to play at Indiana University. I mean, what a stud Nick Barnes was. I mean, just, just a great football program. So, hey, uh, thanks for the question. Um, and hopefully we answered the question, right? Is our, Absolutely. Is, Great is our show, caller guys. still on? Okay. All right, good. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Johnny, give me another question, John. You want another question. All right. This comes from uh, Darius in Chicago. How much parity is there in college football, in your guys' opinion? Well, I I think since the NIL came in, I think some of that parity has shifted a little bit because of money of money but but i i still think i think i still think the power five conferences right and 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 what you're seeing now you're seeing a, a colorado and a neon dion i mean really doing his thing in colorado right yeah I, I, but i think what it all comes down to you there's usually about four out of these you know seven teams you got your georgia your alabama your ohio state uh i mean tcu snuck in you know, Clemson's been in there for the last ten years. Though it's, it kind of reminds me of women's basketball. It's always the same teams that are always, you know, in the playoff system. Yeah. You know, in Colorado, I think they, you know, are they going to be able to beat the USC's of the world? It looks like Oregon. You know, it looks like Oregon's pretty good. Are they going to yeah. be able to beat? You know, that's a good win against uh, who they win their first. They beat Nebraska last week. And they, they beat TCU. TCU. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a big gonna... win for them. They're going to be Colorado State. They're going to be three and zero, and then they're going to play Oregon and USC. Yeah, those will be their tests. And yeah. so that'll be and the Washington, deal, right there. Washington. Yeah, I mean that'll be the deal. But, but I think the big schools are still the big schools. Yeah. I think I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame as an independent will be there. Uh, I mean, yeah, speaking I of Notre Dame, uh, Sam Hartman again. He's he's just a he's a pro almost. He's he's a six year quarterback. I hate to see him get hit though. Uh, and, and, and I thought the start of that North Carolina State game, he got hit way too much. And, and I thought the offensive line had a few leaks early in the game. But then Notre Dame had some big splash chunk plays. I mean, coming out of the delay, 
Uh, I mean, Estemakos, 80 yeah, yards up the middle. Play. And, uh, I mean, Notre Dame's good. I think Marcus Fre- I think Marcus Freeman is good. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's going to get guys, too. Yeah, I think he's a great you recruiter. Uh, and he's, he's, he's got good assistant coaches. So, so I, th- I think Notre Dame, I mean, I think Notre Dame will always be up there. Yeah, and then let's be honest, they got like, they have a three-game schedule. they they got to win two out of three, Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. And USC. they got to win two out of three of those, and they're in the playoff, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, no. Because the they're, they're going to take care of the rest, I think. Without question. they got a, they got a five-headed monster at running back. they got great receivers. Their only problem is, and I said this last week, if Sam Hartman goes down, mm-hmm. if Sam Hartman goes down, it's not even close. You've been around longer than me, but he's the best quarterback. You know, I don't remember Joe Theismann. I don't remember well, since, Joe Montana. Well, since Brady Quinn, probably. And Rick Meyer. I mean, those yeah. two. But other yeah. than that, I don't think can't yeah. think of another quarterback even in his league. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, and and so as long as as long as Notre Dame can stay healthy, they're in that mix. Yeah, they are. In mean, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's right there. Exactly. As long as Harbaugh can stop breaking yeah. recruiting rules. That aren't rules anymore. Yeah. But. Well, be, well, I mean, I heard. <laughs> I heard Sheltraw's coach in Michigan next week. I heard Steve Sheltraw is going to be the assistant coaching that. Uh, then the special teams will be well under control. Yeah, That'll really. be the best special teams I, Michigan's I just, ever had. I just can't believe Sheltraw <laughs> hadn't called in today. He talked about it. But <laughs> but anyway, hey, John, uh, uh, we need to do our sponsors one last time yes, here. We do. Uh, it's been a great show, John. You spun the dials. Obviously, great. We had a lot of things going on tonight, a lot of calls coming in. Uh, and, and obviously, you, I mean, you did a great job, Rob. It's, it's phenomenal having you sit next to us here. We'll have to have you on here more. Uh, I mean, not as a, I mean, I mean, we'll get Pat King there. We'll put you in the middle, and we'll make it a trifecta here uh, 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 sometime. I know it's hard for you during the season because, you, I mean, you always practice late. Yeah, usually practice late, yeah. yeah. We can yeah. work some out. I had a good time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, John, if you're ready, if you're ready to do our our sponsors here, I will. We can we can say adios and the question on the Cubbies. I like the Cubbies, man. We're Colorado Knights. Uh, we took one out of four against the Diamondbacks, but that's okay. We're still two up in the wild card, three in the regular uh, uh, standings to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, go Cubbies! Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Rob. You're the best, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right.